Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Hey, uh, if you brought your Bible, uh, join me in Mark chapter 6, starting at, uh, in verse uh, 30. Um, and if you haven't been with us for a while, we're in a, in a series called Entitled Miracles, where we've, where we've been looking at the, the miracles in the book of Mark, uh, and, and the emphasis and the mangle of this series is to show you that God is a miracle-working God, Amen. and he still does miracles, and he wants to do miracles in your life. So let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. So I have you the title of the message. I feel like I always give my title, maybe like 10 minutes in, but hey, the title of today's message is You Have What It Takes. You Have What It Takes. So have you ever felt like you didn't have what it takes, like you weren't enough, uh, like you didn't have enough money, like you weren't tall enough to ride the ride, like you weren't cool enough, like you barely just didn't make the cut, you, you didn't finish the race, um, like you weren't smart enough. Like, have you ever felt like you weren't enough? Uh, two, two examples in my life where, where I, I was reminded of in the preparing of this message. One was in elementary school when I was trying to impress this girl that I liked. I mean, she was my dream girl. I mean, I mean, her name was Taylor. Like, like it was so funny how silly, like, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Lord implanted Ari on my heart. I just didn't know that that's who I was looking for. So I was trying to find Ari, but I found my wife. I found my Ari. Uh, but I remember, like, trying to impress this girl, right? And I was in f- fourth grade, fifth grade. And I was like, yo. And I know this other guy liked her as well. And we were kind of right, right near her. And I was like, yo, let me, let me race you. Let me race you right now. Let me show you how, how cool I am. Let me, let me race you. L- like, let me tell you. It wasn't, like, half of a lap. Like, I didn't even break the circle. And he was already, like, so far. And I just, like, stopped. I was like, oh, and he kept running, like he kept running. And I went back to her, I was like, that's so lame. Who really likes to run? And I remember like being like, oh, that is, hold on, I think I got 10,000 steps. I got 10,000 steps just now. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I remember that. So I remember not feeling like I was fast enough. Uh, and that really hurt. I'll, I'll tell you that. I mean, that, that was, dang. I mean, you, you let a boy beat you in a race to impress a girl, that's I don't know. That, that hurt, right? Uh, the second one uh, was when I, when I tried out for a baseball team in seventh grade. Uh, again, in elementary school, for probably five years, I played baseball. Um, that, that was my sport then. And I remember my mom encouraging me to, to try out for the baseball team in, in seventh grade. So I remember, you know, the, the week of tryouts after school, and I remember, you know, trying my hardest and stuff. And I remember when, when, when they finally announced who's going to make the team, they didn't say my name. They didn't say my name. All my friends and all the people that I thought were cool and wanted, wanted them to like me, they all got their name said and my name wasn't said. And I remember, like, what's funny is I didn't even like baseball that much. Like, like that's what's like, so funny about this. But I remember when I got in the, 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 the car with my mom, I remember going, she asked me, like, how'd it go? Like, did you make it? And I remember just crying. Like, I remember just being like, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm not enough. Like, they didn't like me. They hate me. Like, I feel alone, no one liked me, they're gonna make fun of me, like all this stuff. But again, it was so funny, because I didn't even like baseball. Um, but so feelings of not being enough uh, happens. I don't know if you feel that sometimes, but like feeling like uh, you're not enough, I feel like it's a pretty common thing. So again, let's look at Mark chapter six, where Jesus, and it, Jesus shows us what he can do with little, and what he can do with just a little. So uh, 
Jesus feeding the 5,000, Mark chapter 6, verse 30, starting in verse 30. I'm reading the New Living Translation um, tonight. So uh, follow along. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were, there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left their boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and the people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages to buy something to eat. But Jesus said, did we skip something? Oh, sorry. The disciples said that, and then Jesus said, okay. The disciples said, you know, send them away. Here is Jesus. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We had, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, and looked up towards heaven. He blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving their bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. So that might have been a lot. Uh, but many of us have heard this story. Many of us have heard the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 uh, with, with just a couple things of bread, a couple things from Panera, and just two, two things of fish. Um, and I remember like hearing the story from a, when I was younger, being like, yo, each person got like a crumb. Like, I mean, they, here you go. Like just a little crumb. That, like, that to me was the only way that this was fathomable when I was young. Um, but we see here like the impossible being done, right? Um, we see, but we also see here what Jesus can do with the little the disciples brought. We also see here that Jesus performs a miracle like the ones shown in the New Testament. Uh, I'm reminded of the one in Exodus where, where God feeds the people of Israel by, by um, pouring down manna and, and providing for them in this way food. And, and, and in this, I'm also reminded of that Jesus here is really showing him who he is. And he's making it pretty clear. And as I was reading and sitting with this passage, uh, I noticed that it states that they were to go off in a quiet place to rest. And that must have meant that they were really tired. That must have meant uh, that, that they were like, oh, I'm ready to go to sleep. Like, who knows, like, after tonight, you guys are going to be ready for bed. Like, after work, after school, you guys are ready. But I remember looking at this verse and, and, and kind of thinking, you know, God, what are you highlighting to me? And, and this, this idea of they were tired. They were really tired. Um, and I, I'm going back even a couple of verses. Uh, we see that they just buried their friend, John the Baptist. They just buried someone who they loved, who was beheaded. So that means that they weren't just physically tired from just doing work. They're also, also probably emotionally tired. 
They're also probably emotionally and mentally, and they're also hungry. So mixing that all together, like, I, I understand the hesitation. So who feels tired sometimes? I feel like the same question I get from, the same answer I get from a lot of people is like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm so tired. And again, I, I've been there too. Like, I say it myself, like, man, I'm tired. Like, I don't know what quarantine did to us, but it, I feel like after quarantine, like, the, the most popular phrases are going to be, I'm tired. You guys know, like, uh, like this, the, the scales or whatever. It's like, this saying was said most in this time. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so, like, I'm tired. I, like, that's, that's a phrase that we're common with, that we say a lot. We probably shouldn't say as much. But I know this. When I'm tired, I'm less likely to want to do things. I'm less likely the person to act on something. I'm less likely to think that it should be me to, to fix the problem. Uh, we see here in the beginning of the chapter that the disciples were very tired. Like I said, they, they weren't just physically tired. They're also emotionally tired. Uh, we also see Jesus here. And Jesus is probably tired too. Jesus, rather than just like, yeah, like, let's just you know, go to sleep. Um, he saw the people and he had compassion on them. He sees this, this shoreline filled with, with people that need him. What does he do? He has compassion for them. His heart, I mean, I, I don't know if there are tears. It, it doesn't say, but he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. They needed him. And what does Jesus do? He does what he does, and he gave to them. He saw the need, and he met the need. He taught them and fed them spiritually. Um, he, shepherds, he shepherds the flock. It's, it's what he does. And I can imagine uh, just, just wanting to care for these people, just wanting like a father or mother who has compassion on the, their little, I just want to take care of you. So it's getting late, but look at what Jesus does. The disciples are like, hey, we need to get, like, I'm hungry, but also, like, they're, they're hungry, Jesus. Like, let's go get them food. Like, let's worry about them. I remember, like, who does that when they're trying to get their way? They're like, hey, we should, we, should, we should really, like, go home. Like, we should, like, do you have an example like that from your kids? They're like, hey, Dad, we should, like, go home. And, or, like, I don't know, never mind. Unless you have some. I know. Do you have an answer, like, where they have an ulterior motive, but they're like, It's like, Dad, would you feel like, okay, yeah, let's go get donuts. Uh, so they were, were, were tired and hungry. They, uh, and they, they went to Jesus and said, hey, they need to go, like, to go get food. It's getting late. They're tired. They're hungry. Um, and what does Jesus do? In the passage, it says, you feed them. Jesus says, you feed them. And if this was me, to be honest, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, you tripping. I'm sorry. That is not what, this is not how this goes. This is not how you're supposed to, like, you're supposed to open up Golden Corral and have it rain. You're supposed to make chicken nuggets fall from the sky. Like, that's, that's you, Jesus. That's, that's you. And also, I'm tired. Why would, and what I have is not enough. That's what I would have said. And that's probably what some of us would have said, too. But no, I, I love this. I, I love that this is what Jesus chose to do because he chose to, to put it almost in their hands. And he says, bring me what you have. And this, is, this leads us into our first point. It's what you have and who you are is more than enough. So what you have and who you are is more than enough. The truth is we need to give Jesus what we have. We sometimes want God to just do stuff for us. 
Oh God, make me taller. Oh God, make me smarter. Oh God, make me pass this class. Oh God, send favor for my teachers to like lose their glasses and put an A when it should be an F. Lord, oh God. We, we often do that. We're like, God, you just do it. I, I, I love that. That's, it's, it's so funny that way that we're like, oh God, do it. And like, yeah, God makes miracles happen. And, and it seems like out of nowhere, God just does this amazing thing. But often, God wants us to participate. So again, being tired, that's an excuse sometimes. We can, we can let us being tired be an excuse for us to not do something. So don't let your excuses get in the way of what God wants to do. Don't let how tired you are stop you or, or get in the way of what God wants to do. Because Jesus wants you. He wants to invite you. He calls you. He knows you by name. He thinks you're special. And he's excited about you. He's excited about who you are. So don't stop. Don't stop and, and give of yourself. And, and, and know that what you have and who you are is enough. And that's the, that's the thing that Jesus wants. Jesus doesn't want you to be like, hey, you know that act you do when you're hanging out with your friends that like, is like really you just kind of letting yourself be the butt of the joke? Hey, that's not what I want. Like, yeah, that might be funny. It might make people laugh, but like, that's not what I want. Wh- who you are, and, and th- that's what he wants. What you have is enough. So he says, bring me what you have. And see, he doesn't require much. Look at what he can do with just a little. When we, when we give what we have, watch what he's able to do. Look at what he does with just five pieces of bread and two fish. I love this. I love what he, what, that it writes what he actually does. It doesn't just you know, wave his hand and you know, snap. What he does is he takes what the disciples gave. He, 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 he points it to heaven. I imagine him pointing up to heaven, thanking God for it. So he blesses it. He then breaks it, and he then gives it. And the miraculous happens. The miraculous follows. So our lives and who we are in the same way can be given as we participate in miracles. You know, God wants you to participate in miracles. God wants the things that you care about and the things that hurt you to be miraculously healed. The things that you want, he he wants to help you with. He wants to give us, he wants to give us so many good things. I mean, he loves us. He loves you. He cares about you. He, he wants us to give him our gifts. He wants us for him, for us to give us, a, a give him of our talents, our ideas, our dreams. He just wants us. He wants to invite you in so that you can help change the lives of others with him, not just for what you can do for him, but who you are and who you can be for him. See, God's not like, hey, this person can do this really good. That's the reason I want them. No, like God wants you for who you are. You know, God's not like, hey, they're gonna solve this problem for me. That's them. Like, you, I don't know, you can make a case, but I know God wants you for who you are. God wants you for who you are. So we should live our lives in the same way looking for God to do this to us as that process was. He want, we should look to see how God uh, can bless us, to break us, 
to give us. And we should look for a way to go through this process. Because Jesus wants to do great things through us and with us. He doesn't just want us to sit back and watch him do everything. He wants us to change our lives and the lives of others. The great thing is he invites us in to be a part. In this way, lives are changed and ours as well. So you might go, hey, I'm cool with all that. Like, I'm, I'm cool with all that, but you lost me when you said Jesus wants to break me. You mean Jesus wants to break me like the bread? Like, I don't, well, you lost me at that. Like, you, Jesus wants to break me? Yeah, I, um, that doesn't sound fun at all, first of all. Uh, the, this idea of, oh yeah, like, you want me to be broken, Sebastian? No, no, uh, don't worry. Jesus is not going to break your bones or hurt you. Uh, I, I, I know this because... I'm, for this, I'm reminded of John 15, which says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. So look at this. When Jesus broke the bread, it went from one to two. Simple math. You take one, you break it, it is now two. Crazy. Uh, so God wants to do something really good in your life. Like, let's get that straight. God wants to do something really good in your life. And when you let him, he will often prune you or break something off of you. And we should let him. We have to let ourselves be broken so that we can be given. Because let's be honest, we have habits. We have uh, things that we try not to do, but we do. Like, I don't know about you, but my brother got a cussing problem. Definitely not me. And like, like a lot of us, I mean, we just got these habits. We just got these, these things that we need to break off of ourselves that, that before God wants to do something really big, he's like, hey, like, this is, a pro- this is something that we, we should talk about. Help me, let me help you and let me help you cut this off. Let me help you prune this. Because again, Jesus's intent is more fruitfulness so how he did this was he broke the bread. Let it be a visual reminder of this process of blessing, breaking, and giving. So in our lives, are we allowing God to break things in us and prune us so that we may be used? So that we may be used. God, prune me. Prune what you know you need to prune in me so that I can be used for the betterment of you. So we have to lay things down in life with Jesus. That, that's, I don't know if, if you've kind of gotten that by now, but like, that's kind of like, like, hey, like, you know, Jesus is like, hey, yeah, keep all the sin. Like, you keep doing it. Like, that, yeah, you keep, no. Uh, what it is, the, the, the life of a Christian is this, death to old ways and birth to new ways. And those new ways are better. And, the, and, and you're now living in this new way resisting the old way, fleeing from sin, and living like God wants us to and, and living with him. So point number two um, is, is God will multiply what we fully give to him. God will multiply what we fully give him. And it's in the breaking of things that multiplication is able to happen. We need to let Jesus break things off of us. We need to let Jesus prune us, to sharpen us. Like an artist who, who does, you know, work on stone. They, they chip by chip, they're perfecting their piece of art. You are, God, you are God's uh, sculpture, if you will. He wants to chip off things 
in you and of you. Don't laugh at me. What are you laughing at? <laughs> um, and, and one of the biggest things that he wants to break off on you is that of comparison. God wants to break comparison off of you. Because when we compare, that steals who we are. When we compare, we stop giving what we have to God because we don't feel like it's enough or like he won't even care. When I compare myself, I lose myself. When I compare myself, I belittle myself. When you compare yourself, you're stealing and you're throwing away the identity that God has made you, the ways that he's made you, the great ways that he's made you. Now, I know you might already be second-guessing what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, not me, though. Like, like you, God doesn't really care that much about me. Uh, yeah, I'm really not good enough. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to talk to people. I, I, yeah, I'm too nervous for that. I get too nervous when I, you know, I, I don't even know how to say, like, I'm really a Christian. Like, I'm really hesitant to even put it in my bio on Instagram. Like, I'm cool with my, my pronouns, but I can't even put Jesus in my bio. Some of y'all are shocked. I'm just kidding. That's none of y'all. Um, but yeah, you'll say, no, no, like, not me, though. Yeah, yeah, like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, all that stuff that you're saying, like, yeah, like, you're enough, you have enough. Yeah, yeah, that's not for me, though. That's, that's somebody else, because I'm too anxious. Uh, yeah, Jesus would rather have someone who knows more Bible trivia and knows more VeggieTales songs than, than me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, I know enough. Uh, but, but let me tell you this. Jesus wants to do miracles in your life. And he wants to use you for, for, to do miracles in other people's lives. He's made it that way. And it's good. It's good that it's this way. Like I said, we can easily let comparison get in the way of our specific God-given contribution. And as I was reading this, I also had this great thought. I wrote down my, this great thought. I shouldn't have even said that's stupid. As I was reading this, I had this thought. Jesus had, and he could have very much so, made it rain food. Like, I mean, again, portal, golden crow. Like, it would have been easy. Fix it up real quick. Um, but he didn't do it this way. Knowing he could, knowing the miracle still would have been great. Oh my God, did you hear Jesus, like, open the golden crow? Like, yo, What? Like, that would have been awesome. Like, it would have been written in the Bible. Like, it would have been cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not what Jesus chose to do. Knowing he's fully capable of doing this mighty, miraculous, miraculous food falling from the sky thing, which is a miracle and is amazing. What, what did he do? He chose to use his disciples. He chose to use what they had. He wanted them to participate in the miracle with him. And it's the same for us today. He wants us to participate. He wants what you have. Because he thinks it's good. He thinks you're good. He has good thoughts about you. I think it's Psalm 139. He has more good thoughts about you than grains of sand. I mean, that's a lot. I don't even, I can't even count that fast. I mean, it's, <laughs> I can't go on about this enough. Like, God wants me. He wants you. Like, I want you to say that. God wants me. And like, almost be like, yo, but why? Like, he's so great. He's so great and up there. Not me, though. 
I don't know about you, but I, can, I feel like this sometimes. I used to feel like this a lot, maybe even. But what I want to give you today is the realization and idea that you plant in your heart that says, I have what it takes. I am enough. God wants to, to break things in me so that I may grow, so that more fruit may grow in me. And he wants me to participate I don't know if I gave it, but point number three is God is inviting you to be a part of the miracle. God is inviting you to be a part of the miracle. Wherever where it says you, just put, think your name, write in your notes. God is inviting me. God is inviting Sebastian. God is inviting Pearl. God is inviting better to be a part of the miracle. Because again, God is a miracle working God he still wants to do miracles and he wants to do miracles in your life. Jesus is inviting you to participate. And I can think of no greater purpose than working for the king, working for the creator, working for the savior, giving my life for the goodness of him, knowing that he's giving me life. He's giving me not just like birth and yeah, go on, scoot, do what you do. Uh, he, he, he goes, no, no, Sebastian, let me teach you how to walk. Let me teach you how to walk. Let me teach you how to be wise. Let me teach you. Let me show you. I didn't just die for you to, you know, go to heaven. Yeah, like that's a big part of it. That, 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 but Jesus wants us to have life in abundance now, for us to grow now, for us to experience pieces of heaven now. And Kimberly, if you could come up and, and close this out in, in um, worship. Um, play keys as we conclude. That's what I meant. Uh, so with that in mind, God is inviting you to participate. This is the kingdom of God. That's how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is not just faith. It's not just works. It's both. It's faith enough to know that we need to participate because God wants to do something amazing in us in the lives of others with what, with what we have and who we are. Because what we have and who we are is enough. He's inviting us to participate and partner with him in these miracles. And there's no one like Jesus. Can I get an amen? There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. And I hope you say that with a smile because I'm saying it with a smile looking at you. There's no one like you. There's no one like Jesus. And there's no one like you. As I close, I want, you to I want to remind you that God is a miracle working God. And he still does miracles. And he wants to do miracles in your life. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too impossible. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.